got a question. Have you ever noticed how good things are, um, how good things are better when you have people to celebrate with? I mean, isn't it? We just did that. We had 24 people. Um, and, and the significance of that may be lost. This is the largest group of people that we've ever graduated through any type of study, um, even pre-Cedar Point Recovery. Um, and so that's phenomenal. But you know what's more incredible? That is, as people showed up, you know what I've seen out, out here, and some of you are still here uh, you brought people with you, right, to celebrate, to be a part of this moment so that they could witness it, so that they could be in your corner, so they could be cheering you on, man, because it's better together, isn't it? And so I want to talk about that tonight because as we continue to grow these things, 24 people is phenomenal. All 24 of those people need somebody to journey with them. And, and quite honestly, that as we have almost 200 people here, all 200 of us need somebody to journey with us. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. Now I'm limiting on time. I, I promised Caleb I wouldn't go more than like an hour. Um, not really. We're going <laughs> to, we are going to blow through tonight's message just because of the time constraint. Um, but tonight's message is titled this, It's Better to and what I want to talk about is the importance of taking what Jesus has done in our lives, that, that if he's transformed you, if that he's moved, if he's done a significant work in your life, the importance of duplicating that in the people around us, that, that God has freed me from addiction. I have an obligation to, to help him to do so in other people's life, to journey with them, to be a part of their story and, and the significant things that God is doing, um, that, that we should leave our legacy in other people because that's exactly what Jesus did for us, right? That, that we're a part of his legacy as we're brought in, as we journey, as we change, as things are done. We have that obligation to do that in other people. And if you're in here right now and you're like, that's great. I'm not on the other side of anything. I'm no help to anyone. Um, I want to speak to you about the importance of finding that person, that there's two things that, that we should do. You should either be encouraging and pouring out to somebody, or you need to find a healthy person to receive from, um, that, that you, you're in one or the other. You, you can't be indifferent on this. Um, if you want to be in a good place, if you want to be healthy, it's part of what we should do. And so I want to share tonight um, with you, a command that Jesus gave, um, and this is actually his last command. And some of you that, that may have been at church a while, you're like, I know exactly where he's going with this. Um, but, but I want to start in the book of Matthew, more specifically, Matthew 28, verse 16. So if you have your Bible, I want you to open it to this, because this is Jesus's last words. And I don't know about you, but, but if I knew exactly what my last words would be, I would make sure that they were pretty profound or really funny. I could actually go either way. Um, Jesus clearly didn't crack a joke here, so it must be really important. Um, so he's speaking to his disciples. He says, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee. I want to pause right there. He's like, man, I thought there was 12. Yet Judas betrayed Jesus, hung himself. So now there's 11. Um, the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. And so what had happened here is Jesus was betrayed by Judas. He was crucified. He was in a tomb for three days. He was resurrected. Then he spent about 40 days back with his disciples, teaching them. And this is right before the moment of what we call the ascension. Jesus is getting ready to leave this earth, physical body and all. Um, he's alive alive and well, but he's going to go to heaven. He's going to ascend, and he's no longer going to physically be here. And so this is his last opportunity to leave these 11 with truth, with these 11 with mission, to direct them and guide them and what should be their next steps. And he picks it up in verse 18. He said, Jesus came and told the disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, say therefore. Therefore, therefore 
Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I'd given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. And so I want to unpack this for just a moment. And so because of what Jesus had done, very clearly he was resurrected and he demonstrated this miraculous power and authority. He says, because of these things, because of what you've witnessed and saw me do and the fact that I'm here with you now, therefore, go and make disciples. Now, a disciple is a disciplined follower. And you may be like, what in the world does this have to do with recovery? Well, in the middle of my mess, I don't know about you, but I wasn't very disciplined at following anything but my own desire and my own will. And so when we talk about recovery, specifically here at Cedar Point Recovery, um, if, if this, this may be news to you, but, but we're all about Jesus. And we're all about focusing everything we do back to him, centering it around him. And my ultimate goal here, my number one goal here is to disciple you. That, that my number one goal is not to, to get you free of an addiction. It's to introduce you to Jesus because Jesus can do that. My number one goal here is not restoration in your marriage. It's, it's relationship with Jesus because if I can do that, then guess what's going to happen? He's going to make that happen. I can't change you. None of our leaders in here can change you. The only thing we can do is facilitate opportunities for you to have an encounter with the story changer. That's Jesus Christ. And so that's what we do. And Jesus said, he came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority on heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's our mission, not just here at Recovery, but as Christians, as disciples of Jesus ourselves. Our number one goal is to make disciples. Now, I'm not saying go to Mazio's and shout at everybody that they need to turn to Jesus or burn in hell. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying we love on people. We journey with them. We're here. And we just, we just, we just show them the love of Christ. And through that, we introduce them to what God can do in their lives. And so, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach. Say Teach. teach. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Now, here's the funny thing. I've met people that, that consider discipleship just getting people to profess their faith in Jesus, and they never see that person again. Now, I have a saying here. I stole it from Pastor Rick because I thought it was really good. And it, and it says this, that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Discipleship's about journeying together. That, that, that's what it's about. That I can get you to raise your hand all day long man, and, 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 and preach something that, that inspires you to do that. But, but if we're not here for you tomorrow, if somebody's not here for you tomorrow to help teach you and guide you and direct you, what, what, what good thing is really taking place in your life that you need to learn, you need to grow, you need to glean from other people that, that have walked that, that have been there. And it's part of the command that Jesus has given. If it wasn't important, he wouldn't have said it. Right? He would say, hey, just get people to profess my name and they're good. No, he said, journey with them. Teach them. Teach them what I've taught you. That's a part of the legacy of Jesus we've been left. That, that somebody introduced us to what was good. And we took that and we grew in it. And then it's our obligation to introduce it in somebody else. And that's what our in-depth study is about. That's what we're doing. That, that we have somebody that leads that class that's been through it. They may not have been through exactly what you've been through. But they've taken it. They've learned. And you know what they're doing? They're discipling you. They're imparting that. They're introducing you to the things of God. So whatever your struggle is, it may be different than yours. But just like I'm confident, they're confident that as you lean into that, 
that God will do the work, that the Holy Spirit will transform your heart and your mind and set you free. So therefore, go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them. Teach them these things. Again, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of age. And I love that because even as Jesus had physically left this place, he gives that encouragement, not just to the 11 here, but to every single one of us that would have the courage to call upon him and to proclaim his name is great and make him Lord of our lives, that we have that promise that he's with us till the end of age. And so Jesus was talking to his disciples in this specific moment, but it's for each and every one of us. That there's not one of us in here that, that if we're not seeking this, shouldn't be doing this. That, that if you've already received, you have the obligation, therefore, to journey with the people in your life and beyond. And so what were they told to do? To go duplicate what Jesus did for them. Sharing the good news and showing them a better way. That's what this is about. That's why when I talk about what we do here, I talk about it as a family because that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to journey together, to be here, that if you mess up, then you've got a brother or sister there to lift you up and encourage you and show you how to get back on track and show you how to take steps forward and to be there with you as you journey until one day they can pass the baton off to you and you begin to do the same thing in others. One of the biggest hurdles I see in this ministry on a regular basis is a lack of people to come alongside people who are hurting, who are broken. That, that we need more of that. We need people that, that are willing to stand up and to journey with those that are far from God. And we need those who are far from God to have the courage to say, I need somebody to go with me. I need somebody to show me. I need somebody to teach me. I need somebody to guide and direct my steps so I can be healthy in my recovery journey. And so we're called to make disciples. And here at Cedar Point Recovery, one of the ways we believe we do this is through accountability partners and through sponsors. It's one of the ways we do that. You can call them friends. I don't care what you call them, honestly. But the point is you need somebody to go with you and to be a part of your journey. And so tonight, um, point number one is this. We were never meant to keep this to ourselves. And so Jesus gave this command, the great commission, go and make disciples to teach them um, and it was just something we were never meant to keep to ourselves. I hear people say this, that, that my, my faith is personal. That's crap. All right, you're missing it. Like, apparently, you need to go back and read the word of God because it's not. It's not. And that's exactly why when you show up here, one of the things that we, we changed first was anonymity. Because if this is about discipleship, if this is about seeking God and growing in your relationship, and if this is Christ-centered, then this can't be anonymous because this is meant to be shared too. That, that what we're doing was never meant to be just for ourselves. And here's the thing I don't understand, that, that I get wanting to keep it a secret when you're in the middle of your addiction or you're in adultery or you're doing all these awful things. I get that. But then when you step into recovery and seek help, you want to do that in the shadows. But if you do it in the shadows, then how can people journey with you? And so we need to, to share what we're doing so that other people can be healed, so other people can see what we're doing, and so that other can, people can grow. And so again, point number one, we were never meant to keep this to ourselves. Mark 16, 15, this is a parallel. And so we have Matthew, 
and the Great Commission there in Mark, which is one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What this is, it's four accounts of Jesus' life and his ministry. And this part of Mark gives us a different perspective of what Jesus said. And he said, at the same point in time, and then he told them, go into the world and preach the good news. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news. That, that, that's everywhere. That's everywhere. And now, I'm not saying to be weird and obnoxious with it. I get that. I don't like those people either. Like, I don't want somebody harassing me when I'm at my son's ball game just trying to be there. But you know what I like? You know what drew me in? People loving me. People being good to me. People not shaming me and guilting me. People not accepting what I was doing, but just accepting me. Like, there's a line. There's a difference. That we can, we can call sin, sin. We can say something's wrong, and that's wrong, but that doesn't mean we cast the person aside. And so we were never meant to keep this to ourselves. We need to minister to people, and we need to go into all the world. And show people there's a better way. We need to go everywhere we can and to love on those people and to share what God has given in our lives. Again, it's not a personal thing. Your greatest testimony is where you've come from. And I get that. I get up on this platform and there's an expectation for people like me sometimes. And it's awful. I hate it. And sometimes it, it makes me cringe when I share the dark places of my life and where I come from. And then God reminds me, everybody has stuff. But sometimes I fall into that habit. And so I understand. I understand that sometimes we want to push the past, the past, and you should leave it there. You should leave the shame and the guilt there. But the restoration story, that's to be shared. That's to encourage people and to show them that there's a better way. And so again, point number one, we were never meant to keep this to ourselves. And maybe you're thinking, yeah, I can't share. I can't do that. I'm not a good communicator. Be honest with you, I used to have a fear of public speaking. I used to get sick before I got up here. But man, I've got news for you. When you give it to God, he does, a, he does a work in your life. And it may not be overnight. I got sick for a long time and it was hard, but you push past that and God does things. God does things. Um, and so point number two is this, God equips us to share. It, was, it wasn't meant to be kept to ourselves. And because of that, if that was God's command, anytime God gives us a command, he gives us all the tools and resources we need to carry it out. Everything everything. He doesn't send us out into the world without what we need to change the world. God equips us to share. God equips us to share. I want to share with you out of Acts, um, Acts 1.8. And again, this is another perspective. We've got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Acts picks up with the ascension of Jesus too. And so this is the same place, different perspective. And it says this, but, but you will receive power. Say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now what happened is Jesus left this place, but Jesus left us something. He left us salvation, which is a beautiful gift. He left us the Holy Spirit, which is a beautiful gift. That we have the opportunity to be indwelled with God's Spirit, and that changes everything. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Everything you read in your Bible before this is not through the work of the Holy Spirit inside of people. It's the Holy Spirit coming upon people. And that's why Jesus said, hey, when I leave you, you're going to do greater things because God indwells us with something that's significant, the Spirit of God. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Say everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God equips us through his Holy Spirit to share with people. 
He may nudge you at times and encourage you to talk to somebody. He may encourage you to share bits and pieces of your story, and it may not make sense. God may give you openings, opportunities, place people in your path so that you can help grow them, so that you can impart something on them. And and that's part of what it means to sponsor somebody, to be an accountability partner or to receive one. You're allowing God to do the work that he's called us to do, that, that he gives people these things. He gives us these things so we can go and make disciples, so we can grow people, so we can introduce them to something different. And every single one of us in here is called to do that and has the opportunity to be equipped to do so. And if you're in here and you're thinking, that's not my place, that's not for me, you've got the wrong person, can I be real blunt with you? You bought into a lie. You bought into a lie because it's something that every single one of us should do at some point in time. It's the call, the command, the commission. It's what he left us with, his final words. And as we grow this ministry, 200 people strong, we're heading for 300. We need people to come alongside people and journey with them. That when we look at our church on a Sunday morning, we're pushing 1,200 people on a weekend. We need people to journey with the people we're reaching so they can grow, so they can be discipled, so they can be healthy, so they can reach more people. We want to fill these seats, not so we can boast, but so more people will be headed to heaven, so more people will be out of addiction, so more marriages will be better, so parents will be healthier. That's why we're doing this. The Great Commission is about discipling people and making them healthy so they can follow Christ, so they can make disciples, so we can change the world. Again, but you will see power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, Jerusalem's like our city, our local area. Judea, which is more like our state. Samaria, which is like our country. The, the everywhere and then beyond, the outermost. It's just the whole world that, that we were called as a body of believers to reach beyond these walls and reach everybody we can. That, that's why we post stuff on Facebook and that's why we encourage you to share it. That, that's why we do podcasts. It, it's why we do anything we can short of sin, to reach the people outside of these walls. Because we want lives changed by Jesus Christ. You know why? Clap. It's great, man, because our lives have been changed, man. When you've got something great, you want to share it with the people outside these walls. I want people to be impacted like I was impacted, like you were impacted. And that's what this is about. To Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and beyond. And so again, Point number two, God equips us to share. Point number three is this. How does somebody know unless they're told? If you're in here like, is it really that important? I mean, surely I can sit on my couch and just show up on a Sunday or a Monday. Do I really need to do this? Do I really need to do this? And so I want to share with you the story of Philip. This takes place in Acts. Philip was an evangelist. He was an evangelist and he's got an incredible just short story in the book of Acts. And starting in chapter 8, verse 26, it says this. It says, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, I want to say that that's pointing to God equipping you. you. You may not think you have what it takes. It only takes obedience. If you want to reach people, 
That's all it takes is obedience. If you're obedient to God, he'll guide and direct you to the people, places, and things so you can reach people for him. And as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the um, Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. He was now returning, seated in his carriage, and reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And so this guy had a a semi-understanding of God, right? He didn't know Jesus. And and it's, it's kind of a picture of what we see here. People will come here, they don't know exactly where they're even broken. They don't know what to do. But, but God is planting, there's a seed inside of them. And they're hungry. And they're searching. And they're seeking. I was one of those people one time. And, and just like this opportunity, somebody came alongside me. And so Philip, being obedient to God's Holy Spirit, he, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over, walk alongside the carriage. And so Philip ran over without hesitation, without question. And so that's what we're called to do. God's equipped us. We need to be obedient and we need to share with the people around us. And so Philip ran over. He heard the man reading the prophet Isaiah and Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? And so as people come in here, I mean, do you, do you understand how to be sober? Do you understand how to have a good, do you understand the type of marriage that God wants you to have? Do you understand how to parent, how to be healthy? Do you understand how to change? That the people all the time show up here and they show up here because they have questions and they show up here because they think we have the, question, the answers and we do, but we need people to share those. It can't come all from the platform. There's too many people, whether it's Sunday or Monday, that, that it takes each of us to go out there and impart something. And so Philip, obedient to the Holy Spirit, runs over, hears him speaking. He says, do you even understand? And he says, how could I? How could I? The man replied, how can I unless somebody instructs me? He urged Philip, say urged. Urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him. I don't know about you, but, but I used to sit and look at people that, that their life was a wreck and, and maybe it wasn't that they didn't want to change, but they didn't have somebody to show them how to change. For so long, I showed up here with questions and, and it just took the right people being obedient to God at the right time to show me what God had for me and what, his, what he could do in my life. And so Philip ran over. I talked to this man, simple task, and had the opportunity to open up dialogue with him and reveal to him Jesus' plan and purpose for his life. And then after this, um, Philip actually took him down some water. This man had given his life to Jesus in that carriage. And we know that just from the terminology that's used in scripture. And he baptizes him right there. That, that man had everything. Everything was prepared. The one thing that was missing was an obedient servant to come alongside the carriage and introduce that man, to give him the last piece of the puzzle. And so when we talk about sponsors, when we talk about accountability partners, that's one of the things we're talking about, that we need people to be that last piece. God uses us. We just have to be obedient. And and again, if you're in here and you're like, I don't know what to do, find somebody. If you're on the other side of this, find somebody. Stop trying to do it alone. Allow us to journey with you. Allow us to to be that missing piece in your life. And so he said, the man replied, how can I unless somebody instructs me? And Philip 
He urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him. Romans 10, 14 through 15, the Apostle Paul, he says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. That Jesus, he said one time, he said, the fields are, or the harvest is plentiful, but the harvesters are few. That, that, that we need people to go out into the fields to work the harvest, to be there. That, that there's no shortage of broken people in this community. We see it all the time. There's no shortage of hurting people. There's many of us in this room right now. And, and, and the thing is, we need to come together. We were called together. We're not meant to be independent. We're meant to be interdependent. And, and one of the ways we do that is by finding a sponsor, finding an accountability partner, or being that for somebody else. And journey and disciple each other, grow each other. Proverbs tells us iron sharpens iron. As friend sharpens a friend, that it's what we're meant to do. It's meant to do. And so how can they know unless somebody tells them? And point number four is this. This is we are better off together. We are better off together. The great lie, the great lie is... First off, that we can do it alone. The second great lie is that we're better off doing it alone. And those two things keep us isolated. And when we're isolated, we're far from God's people. When we're far from God's people, we're far from God. That, that we should journey together. That, that even where I'm at, and I don't struggle in its substance abuse anymore, but that doesn't mean I don't need people to mentor me and to journey with me, and encourage me, and point out my failures, and to get me along on a better path when, when I make mistakes, which happens, right? It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey, where you come from, or where you're going, that, that we're meant to come alongside one another. Find those people, place them in your life, and be one of those people to somebody else. And so again, point number four, we are better off together. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. How true is that? How true is that? And it's such a great picture. We have 24 men and women at the front here and they were better off together because they had brothers and sisters who journeyed with them the last several weeks. Yeah, clap. That journey didn't end for them tonight. You know who's going to be in their corner next week? Those same people. Those same people. And that's one of the ways we facilitate the work of God is through our in-depth studies. And so two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. I know sometimes you want to push their face in the mud. Don't do that. You reach out, you help them back up. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. I love how he ends. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You can, have, you, sh you can have no shortage of people in your corner. The more people that you get there to travel with you, to journey with you, to come alongside you, the better. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And so to recap tonight, we were never meant to keep this to ourselves. 
that, that if Jesus has impacted your life and freed you from something or he's doing a work in your life right now, it's meant to be shared. Your faith should be public. Your recovery should be public. Your downfall was, why not let the triumph be public, right? And so God equips us to share. God equips us to share that, that if you're in here and you're like, I, I don't speak well, I don't do things well, God will give you all the tools and all the resources you need to share your story, to share what he's done so that you can continue to raise people up. Um, and then number three, how does somebody know unless they're told? Don't be the person judging somebody else, wondering why they're not changing their life and at the same time refusing to come alongside them and journey with them. Be that missing piece in their life. Journey with them. And number four, we are better off together. Don't, don't give in to the lie. Don't buy into it. Don't believe it. We're not meant to be independent. It's not healthy. Just ask my wife what happens when I'm alone. It's, it's awful. It's just we need people to come alongside us no matter when it is or where we're at. And so all of this, all of this begins with, with Jesus. That, that when we talk about transformational change, when we talk about what should be shared, the good news, the great commission, that all points back to Jesus. Recovery points back to Jesus. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never made that decision, here at the end of service, we're gonna have our chip prayers and huggers come up to the front. And if you're in here and you're like, you know what, it's time. I'm sick of doing it alone. I'm sick of doing it my way. I want, I want to give Jesus a try. I want to pursue him. So if that's you at the end of service, we're gonna have an opportunity for you to give your life to him tonight. And if you're in here, you've gotten off track, you've messed up, you've blown it, and you, and you realize it's time to recommit, come up front. We would love just to lead you in that prayer as you recommit to him tonight. Excuse me. And then if you just need a white chip, and what that is here, it's just, it, it's a blank chip. You can write down today's date. You can write down what it is. But if God has nudged you or, or pressed something on your heart and you just realize tonight's the night that you need to lay that down, that you need to set that down, I encourage you to come get one of our chips tonight. And then lastly, if you just need prayer for anything, we want to journey with you. Again, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And one of the ways we go together is by coming together and laying it all out there in prayer. And so let us pray with you tonight. And so as we close service tonight, if you'll do me a favor, if you'll stand to your feet as we close in worship.